Welcome to the Leader Manager Coach Podcast, your weekly podcast where we take a deep dive examining knowledge, philosophies, wisdom and insights to help you to lead, manage and coach in football, sports and life. Leader Manager Coach is presented by Rob Riles. Rob is a qualified coach with a League Managers Association qualification and a science and medicine background. He has worked in the football industry in Europe, USA and Africa at international, premiership, league, non-league and grassroots levels with World Cup and European Championship experience. Hello and welcome to another edition of Leader Manager Coach. It's Rob Riles welcoming you to another edition. It's great to have you with us and today I'm going to talk about a part of success and a part of life that at the moment seems to be very close to my heart. It seems to be something that I'm getting lots and lots of information about. Um, that seems really relevant to success and achievement. And in one word, we can sum this up with the word rest, R-E-S-T, rest. We could use alternatives. We can use recovery. We can use downtime. We can use a number of, of words that describe it, but I'm sure you all know what we're talking about. Now, just... As a little bit of a backstory, and I'm hoping that many of you can relate to this. How many of you out there were brought up with what I'd call a work ethic? And I'm sure the absolute majority of you are saying yes, because one of the maxims that I was brought up with, not only brought up with, it was kind of drilled into me in a conscious and a subconscious way that if you want anything in life, if you want to get anywhere, what you do is you get up and you work for it. And the harder you work, the more chance you've got of achieving whatever it is you want. And without it, you, A, will not succeed. But how many of you can relate to actually having meanings to the word of downtime or rest or not working as being lazy? Um, and have a negative connotation. And that was certainly true for me. And in my sixth decade of life, I'm actually starting to question whether um, the the work ethic and the get up off your backside and get on with it and work and work and work and be determined and push and press and do more hours than anybody else. And as Rob Moore talks about hustling, grinding, smashing it, getting on with it, working yourself to the bone, working yourself to the grindstone and that kind of philosophy, I'm beginning to question that. And a bigger question came into my mind this week when I looked at um, some of Brian Johnson's work. Now, I've mentioned Brian before. He's a phenomenal guy. Check him out. Check out his philosopher's notes. Check out his Entheos website. It's absolutely fantastic. And um, I'm pleased to see that Brian has um, read um, Stuart Wilde's Infinite Self and is really impressed with that. That's a book I read some some years ago, but I uh, I digress. We're talking about rest and um, a guy called Alex Kim Pang, I think his real name is something like Alex Sokulung Kim Pang, has written a book on rest and the information that I gleaned from this book really, really resonated with me. 
How many of you out there have always considered that rest is a waste of time? It's a time when you're not actually achieving anything. And it's a time when you feel guilty. It's a time that you try and minimize. And it's a time that you don't even consider has much value in your life. Now, I'm sure there might be two extremes here where people really, really value downtime, value and I'll put it in inverted commas, doing nothing specific, chilling out, relaxing, being on holiday. And at the other end of the stream, you've got the pushers, the achievers, the entrepreneurs, the 70, 80, 90 hour a week people who know to the grindstone, get on with it, get on with it, get on with it, and never seem to come to an end of it. And somewhere on that spectrum, you may find yourself. Well, amazingly enough, as nature seems to teach us, but you don't see the animals doing that, do you? You don't see tigers doing that. You don't see lions doing it. You don't see giraffes doing it. You don't see mice doing it. Um, you see them going about their natural cycles and rhythms anyway without a change in that. They will change, obviously, according to whether they need to eat or the, the hunting season or the hunting time or the feeding time or the mating season, the rutting season. But that's driven by the natural rhythms of life. It's not necessarily a conscious decision driven by guilt or must do or have to or society pushing anybody in any particular direction. And in this amazing book, Rest, Alex talks about how rest is not only important, it's actually absolutely vital. Um, and one of the things he quotes is, if, if sleep wasn't necessarily, it's the biggest con that's ever been known. Well, it, it's a bit of a strange thing to say, but I think you, you understand what he's saying. And he talks about rest being the opposite of work or activity. But without it, the work doesn't work. So work alone may work for a very short period of time. But anybody who's tried to cram for an exam or really push it hard for a period of time I'm sure you will have found that before long at some point your not only your activity but certainly your productivity and creativity and results will soon suffer your health will suffer and your output will drop considerably and if that balance isn't resurrected if it isn't corrected there will be some kind of comeuppance and, you know, um, people have all kinds of health problems due to or contributed to their imbalance in life. So there's something much deeper in this. That if we want to go into a, a, a discussion about how it, how it affects society, I'm sure there's, there's masses and masses in this. So there's an important relationship, as Alex points out and Brian Johnson points out, between rest and work. And one of the things they talk about is that it's something like four hours a day is around the maximum or the maximally effective time that the great successes in life actually worked effectively. And they quote people like Leonardo da Vinci, people like Charles Dickens, and many, many more people who didn't have an issue with taking rests, certainly didn't have an issue with taking time off and certainly didn't have an issue with doing alternative things apart from what we consider being at the office. 
Alex talks about why you get more done when you work less. So how you get more done when you work less. And he talks about the rhythms where there is intense work and then following a period of intense work, there is an equally equally powerful rest and recovery period where, yes, uh, we may be doing a different activity. We may be sitting, we may be lying. Not necessarily, because if we're sitting at our desk doing intense mental work, studying some property figures, studying some financial papers, reading, writing, creating, painting, then if we continue to adopt the same postures, then that may not be the most effective rest, the most effective recovery and rest when we get into our real rhythm, maybe activity, i.e. exercise or walking. And he talks about training your recovery so that you don't just train your activity to achieve the results that you want. You actually train your recovery and you guide your recovery so that it is as as helpful as possible to to the achievement of, of your goals and a successful, happy, long life. Now, this fits in really well with a book that we covered a while ago, which was Cal Newport's Deep Work. And Cal Newport's Deep Work is a book that talks about how by reducing our distractions and by the power of focus, we can get phenomenal amounts done on a ritualistic basis by having rhythms and having a disciplined practice process where we just get up maybe, we do the same things in the morning, whatever that is, whether that's meditation or it's walk or it's reading or it's breakfast, and then we get into our, our focused work immediately or as soon as possible. And we do that in in what he describes as short, sharp bursts, which are around the 90-minute mark. And he reckons that around the 90-minute mark, if you take a 15 to 20-minute break, you have then have the ability to get back into another 90, 90-plus-minute 90 activity session. And give or take half an hour or an hour maybe, that probably constitutes the four hours that Alex is talking about in his book, Rest. And Cal Newport quotes phenomenal authors and phenomenally successful scientists, people that have influenced the world and made massive changes in the world and produced enormous amounts of and volumes of work and created products that work on that kind of schedule. And that these people are not working 16 hours a day which I'm sure there's not everybody works 16 hours a day and it's a massive amount. But how many of us work 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, even more than that hours a day and do not achieve the results that we want? Now, the science behind it, which Alex um, Alex Kimpan goes into, is about how the body and particularly the brain goes into what he calls a default mode network um, default mode network, which is where it's actually recovering from the activity that's gone on previously. And just like muscles, uh, they they recover and get stronger and bigger as a, as a physiological process as a result of exercise. So does the brain and so do the neurons, so do the nerves and so do the interconnectedness and the, and the interconnections and so does the blood supply. And there's this inextricable link 
Um, there's the 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 um, Royal Marines, Mensana, Incorporisano, healthy mind, healthy body. And just linked to this are the studies that indicate that people who take frequent aerobic exercise and are exercising on a regular basis and are physiologically fitter than the, let's just use the word couch potato, they actually have better cognitive test results, better mental processing results just by the fact that they do physical exercise. So there is a link between physical exercise and physiological well-being in terms of your physicality, your bones, your muscles, your nerves, your blood supply, your movement systems, and your mental abilities. And there is a link between the two, so the two go together. And what he also points out is the number of great people who are eminently successful in their creativity, in their domains, but who are actually very good athletic performers as well. So there's a definite link between the two. And Alex really talks about something that's, again, close to close to my heart. And certainly I know it's close to Brian's because Brian Johnson has this in his, his life. He, he calls it a digital, a digital shutdown where at a certain time of the day in the evening, early evening, he shuts down his computer, his phone and his electronic equipment so that the hours before he settles down and his family settle down to bed, that they are not distracted and are not inputted by emails and phones and accounts and Twitters and and, um, electrical activity like that. Now, I'm not saying that that has to be the case, but what I'm saying is by reducing those inputs and in that downtime, as well as that, looking at things like being quiet, getting into solitude, maybe going for a walk so that you have the maximum facilitator effect of the rest. Because if you are, let's say you're an athlete and you do you go and do your training and you stop your training, you do a 90 minute workout and you finish your workout and then you go and you walk around the shops, for example, or you go to a, a meal with a friend and then you go, um, you spend some time on social media and then you send some emails and then you answer some calls, etc., etc., and compare that to somebody who finishes their training, goes home, eats a nutritious meal, possibly takes a nap, and depending upon the intensity of their of their of exercise, possibly takes a fifteen or twenty minute stroll and then comes back, and then just relaxes and reads. The what the research is suggesting that the maximum amount of shutdown you get, the bigger the amount of shutdown, the more solitude and quiet, the more you reduce your inputs in terms of specifically electronically, the, the, the more the recovery process is enhanced. And I haven't got any specific research on that, but it all feels right. And I think there's a lot in that. And, and I'm sure in the years to come that we're going to get a, a lot more information about this kind of thing. So there we have it, the four, the, the, the four-hour workday. And another real key thing that comes out of, of this work is the number of successful people, the number of successful authors, scientists, people that Darwin, Charles Darwin, um, Charles Dickens, an author, 
and numerous, numerous other people who every single day of their life, I think Carl Jung was another one, were reputed to go for a walk without any distractions. So obviously in times gone by, there wasn't any, any mobile phones. There wasn't any, any pages. And they went for a walk, often in nature, often in the countryside, often the same path. They just, you know, I think there's, there's, there's a few people who've got certain paths and walks named after them because they, for 20, 30, 40 years of their life, they followed the same track and that's what they did. But that was part of their recovery. And the number of successful people who utilize walking in quiet, in solitude, in peace, in nature as a, a great way of adding to their recovery is absolutely phenomenal. And I think that's something that uh, we can all look at and engage with. We, we, we can certainly get something out of it. This leads me on to something that I, I've bought into in a real big way. And, and, and I'm sure many of you have. How many of you out there, how many of you coaches out there, how many of you athletes out there, players have have heard of the 10,000 hour rule, whereby if you want to become an expert, if you want to become a master, if you want to become the elite in your field, the minimum amount of hours it's reckoned that you need to have put in. And it comes from lots of research and some, some of it's mentioned certainly in the book, The Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. Um, there's 10,000 hours, you know, um, 20 hours a week, 50 weeks a year, 10 years, maybe, maybe you'll, you'll be a master. Um, that's kind of a, a generally accepted figure. And Alex Kimpang says that we've come to believe that world-class performers achieve their goal after 10,000 hours of practice. But that is wrong. He says it comes after 10,000 hours of deliberate practice. 12,500 hours of deliberate rest and 30,000 hours of sleep. I absolutely love that. So what he's saying is don't dismiss the 10,000 hours because if you want to become excellent at an activity to create those neuronal connections, to create that musculoskeletal skill, to create that ability that excellence, you will need to repeat the activity and hone your skills and do those thousands and thousands and thousands of hours. However, that practice needs to be deliberate and focused. And the only way it can be deliberate and focused is if you max max that out at three to four hours a day. Because what they're saying is any more than three to four hours a day creates exhaustion, a predisposition to injury, mental and physical draining and possible harm and certainly a drop in performance. So it needs to be deliberate practice, which needs mental and physical focus. Now, in addition to that, he talks about not only an equal amount of rest, but an additional amount of rest. So 25% more rest than activity. So 12,500 hours of rest, deliberate, trained recovery in to help and allow and facilitate the next four-hour session in the deliberate practice zone. In addition to that, we need those eight to nine hours of restful sleep, an additional 30,000 hours. So three times more sleep than we get activity. So I think those figures really bring it home to me how important this, this field is. And I do know that 
certain sports teams are really nailing that kind of thing. I know Manchester City, in their great wealth, have purchased and created um, pods or bedrooms or relaxation arenas for their players, particularly when they play Champions League matches and they're away from home and they possibly get short of sleep when they're travelling on aeroplanes and so on. So to prevent them needing to have to go home, they've got their own beds in their own pods with everything set up personally so it's as near to a home environment as possible and it helps to maximise their rest. I think that's a fantastic, fantastic idea. And this leads me on to something else, which I, again, how many of you are, are guilty of saying, oh, I'm too busy to do that, I'm too busy to do the other. And what we're actually doing is we're not being efficient enough with our time. And one of the things this has taught me is to start to be brutally efficient with my time and to ask myself the question, what is it I am doing with my time? And even just by asking the question, that can make an enormous difference so that you're not spending endless hours doing something that could take half the time and give you that valuable resource back. And moving on from that, a guy called Alan, um, his name is Alan Rakshafen, who talks about play. And he talks the, about the value of not only rest time, which kind of conjures up the, the picture of sitting with your feet up or asleep on the bed or just being comfortable and in a non-weight-bearing situation position. He talks about the value of creative play and the value of play in terms of doing things that are fun. So if part of your rest, if you are a desk worker, you are a financial analyst, um, a stockbroker and you spend four to five hours a day at your desk analysing the stocks and shares or you are a video analyst for a sports team who spends hours and hours and hours at a computer cutting and pasting and, and, and coding games and analysing and creating reports, then part of your rest may well be a 90-minute exercise session or a, a sporting activity that you do followed by a more leisurely activity but it would be different from the computer analysis. It certainly wouldn't involve using a computer. And that's what Alan's talking about. He's saying that our whole life needs to be set up so that it creates this all-in-one activity that is engaging, but allows us to recover from previous activities. And all in all, I think there's masses of information and I found the whole thing absolutely fascinating. And I'm certainly trying to, trying to bring things into into my own life. So how much how much are you putting into your recovery sessions? How much are you using your time effectively? And if you are one of the people like I was who used to work, you know, long 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 hours getting in at 9, 10 o'clock at night after leaving home at 9 o'clock in the morning. I'm not saying you should involve the stress of suddenly chopping off all those things and getting home at 3 o'clock in the afternoon and then having to deal with the with the psychological challenge of wondering what to do. But it's certainly worth sitting down and analysing your time and your training schedules and your work inputs and seeing how you can make them more effective. I'm certainly a big buyer into and a big believer into less is more. And I've spent many, many years doing the opposite. And I'm not saying it's not right. I'm just saying I do think that the research is telling us that's the better way. So I can't recommend it enough. It's a book called Rest by Alex um, Sokilung Kimpang. I'm sure it's available on Amazon. And along with uh, Deep Work by Cal Newport, 
and uh, the outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. There's loads of resources there that will that will help us to um, understand the the processes. I hope that helps you. I hope that maybe you can um, introduce some of those things into your into your practices, into your clubs, into your team culture, and certainly into your own life, and um, add another little facet to the to the wall of success. Okay, it's Rob Riles, it's leader, manager, coach. If you've got any comments and you want to catch up, it's robriles.co.uk or you can catch me on on LinkedIn or Facebook. Great to have you and um, look forward to catching up again soon. Bye-bye.